You don't need another report. Bleed ain't green till I die. Hold it down for the best team. We in first place, we the Celtics. Try to shoot it, we ain't let ya. Finna go and win a ring. Giving phase like I'm Kyrie. You the opposition, can't score yet. Homie, you ain't even on the floor yet. Big buckets and big shots. Better check the time on the shot clock. Got my shooters on me, they wet you up. It's a 30 footer, I ain't letting up. Scary Terry with the dancing bear, gonna light it up like it ain't fair. Dunk it on you like Rosier. Fourth quarter, we in fifth gear. I got Tatum, I got Brown, I got Marcus locking you down. Grab a broom, it's a sweep. Score 100 on our feet. Celtics post, we the team, and we don't accept defeat. Yeah. It's the second one of the week. We're now two times a week, every Monday and Friday. Just before we get into it, I want to let you know that today's the last day that you can get 15% off at Hoops Jersey Village using the um, discount code Pulse. Uh, we're part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Go check us out. Going on, there's multiple different types of podcasts there. And we have a Patreon page. So if you want to support the network or promote your brand in any way, then you can shoot on over to Patreon and have a look at the different options there. I'm joined by Cody and Derek today, and we're going to jump right into it. So we're going to kick off talking about Stephen A. and his opinion on Brad Stevens. We're calling Gordon Haywood, finger quotes, his boy. So, yeah, guys, I mean, he got sat the last game. Do you think he's going to start against the Knicks? I do, but I haven't seen the lineup yet. Has anyone seen it? No. No. Not yet. Hasn't come out yet. So I actually do think he will. I think it's more of a cutting down from the uh, 39 minutes he had played the game prior. But um, it was very interesting. I was very surprised. Everyone assumed it would be Jalen if anybody was going to come off the bench because of obviously he struggled. But, uh, you know, when you see Gordon come off the bench and then you got – that's what kind of surprised me about the Stephen A. comment is that Brad had just had Gordon come off the bench. So, like, I don't understand the timing. Of that of that statement, yeah. I mean, obviously the connection's there. I mean, Gordon went to Butler to play for Brad Stevens. That's a big reason why he's in a Celtics uniform now. Um, I mean, both of them have struggled. I think Jalen Jalen definitely uh, is more of a concern than Gordon because obviously Gordon had the injury last year and is still trying to get into game shape. Um, so I understand Brad keeping both of them in the lineup and keeping them, you know, together and everyone playing because he wants this chemistry to just, he wants to just push through this, then changing something up, you know, sort of just forcing the chemistry issues out the window by just forcing everyone to play together continuously um, during the games. And obviously during practice, really a big thing as well, but I actually wasn't that surprised of the Gordon benching. Um, I mean, Gordon and also Jason Tatum, I believe Jalen Brown have all come out and said, if that if going to the bench means winning games, I'm fine with it. Um, and like I said, like I just mentioned, Gordon with the leg injury, he's still trying to get his legs under him, you know, to stay. So getting on the bench, which I think opens up Jalen more because I mentioned on last week, uh, earlier this week's podcast, um, how Jalen's rhythm is all out of whack because he went from basically touching the ball 45 to 50 times a game now to 25 to 30, which is screwing up in his head. I think benching one of those two guys would actually be good, at least for the short, short term of these next two or three weeks. Yeah, what I think is more telling is Jalen. I mean, now you know we've gone from Gordon to Jalen here, but to touch on this Jalen situation, he's not playing in a lot of these fourth quarters or in the overtime the other night. So that's very 
so I, again, I know Morris has played great, and they, you know they they want to uh, look and they want to get smart in there, obviously for closing time. But he's got a lot of guys to juggle here, and I, you know, what did Jalen play last um, last game? Like twenty minutes or something? It was, you know, I just yeah. I, I, this has been uh, pretty surprising to start a lot of a lot of what we're seeing, but you know, it's better to happen in November than in you know April, right? right. Um, you know, I think a lot of it, like, they do like to use smart in those situations. And I mean, both, both Jalen and smart give you great perimeter defense. Some of the best perimeter defense in the entire league. And when both players aren't exceptional, well, how smart's not a great scorer and Jalen's struggling, at least smart's a good playmaker. So having that extra playmaker in with still having the defense sort of makes sense in that regard, especially with Jalen's um, I haven't given up hope on Jalen yet, nor I do. I think anyone no. else should. He still I, has a lot of potential. He's, he's twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, twenty-one. I mean, I think that's the whole thing. Where uh, I did a project last year about the NBA and how back in the day, like in the eighties, the seventies, you didn't come out of college till after your junior year. Michael Jordan didn't come out till after his junior year. Kim Olajuwon didn't come out. Larry Bird was a senior. All these. Players, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a senior when he came out. All-time greats didn't touch an NBA court till they were 22. These kids are on their second contract by the time they're 22. Oh, so, it's crazy. It's so a lot of, and especially putting, you know, comparing these players to all-time greats at the age of 18. I think we should relax on that too. But then all of a sudden, if Jalen has a year like this, where a normal 21 year old going against grown men would struggle like this, obviously more than we were accustomed to last year. But that's normal. This is the normal thing. And it sucks it's happening now, but like you said, rather happen November than April this or May. I mean I think I think it's all fine. I think they just need to find that rhythm. Once they get a two, three, four game winning streak, and then they continue that to maybe eight, and then continue that to maybe twelve, because they have a really easy next couple of weeks until around Christmas, um, where they have some pretty easy games where I think they can get into rhythm and get into a groove and start really making some damage. Sure. I mean, they got the Knicks tonight. I mean, if they lose this one, wow. I mean, I I I just don't think it's gonna happen. I think they're gonna win pretty handily. But after that, they got three road games. And then they've got the little home cooking that they need. But, yeah, I mean, Jalen, again, 21, obviously played really well last year, so the expectations were high. Same with Tatum, but Tatum hasn't fallen off quite nearly as far as Jalen. But, I mean, do you do you think that the people – I mean, obviously a lot of Celtics Twitter has mentioned that Jalen should be the guy off the bench and starting Baines, Marcus, or – well, either Marcus, you know, Morris or Smart. I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts, Cody or Adam? I mean, do, do either of you think you just well, stick it out with these five? If or? in Hayward, then we then Jalen should be still on the court. It's, we we need to sit one or the other. Like at the minute, I think Gordon's being far too um he, he's he's being too passive. He's not taking them shots. He's looking. So one day he wants to jump for the layup, the next day he wants to just facilitate all day. And we don't know what we get. At least with Jalen, you know, you're getting those drop. Well, he should be driving to the hoop and then shooting open threes. But with Gordon, it's a flip of a coin. I'd rather Hayward come off the bench at least for the next week or two just to see how that affects the second unit. 
Yeah, I agree with that, too. I agree with Gordon off the bench. Uh, like we said, I think Jalen right now, I think it's it's more mental than anything. And like I said, he his touches per game are dropped by like 20, but he's still taking the same amount of shots per game. He was taking around 11, 12 shots a game last year as like the second option. And now he's taking the same amount of shots on way less touches. Every time he gets the ball, he has to do something with it, which in his mind – no, which in his mind is right, but in reality, it just kills the offense because, you know, four seconds into a shot in the shot clock, he'll go, all right, I got to attack the basket now, where it's just a forced layup. If you keep him out there with the offense, so you still have Kyrie, you still have Jason, you still have Adam. Obviously, of those three, Jalen's probably the fourth option. So defenses, it lets him get into his own groove. And also with Gordon, like Adam said, very passive. You don't know exactly what you're going to get every night. And if you just put him on the bench, A, keeps the minutes restriction that you want. It lets him go at his own pace because he'll definitely be the leader of that second unit easily. And you just basically, he basically plays like he did in Utah, just on the second unit, leading the offense. Really good ball handler. He averaged, I think, six assists two years ago, five and a half assists. So he can run not run point, but run the offense with Smart, with Morris, um, depending on who you fill in that third role, uh, his Gordon starting role. But I think Gordon off the bench rather than Jalen. I think taking Jalen off the bench is going to be a huge shot to his confidence, which is already down. But you put yeah. Gordon off the bench, it's more of an understanding role. And this I wouldn't make it permanent, though. I would If you're going to do Gordon off the bench, it'd be like once every four or five games, just because of the whole minutes thing and you know, instead of just flat out, you know, resting him, you know, give him a, a one night where I think the, tonight might even be another good opportunity being that the Knicks stink. So you don't necessarily need him to play 30 plus minutes a game, have him come off the bench, play like 25, you know. And But, you know, again, in November, you can kind of play around with these things. I think come February and on, you stick with the starting five and it's the five that we, you know, he started the year with, but I think getting up to that point, I'm with it. I agree with that. I mean, it, the NBA is not like 2k where you just put a bunch of 90 overalls and then you end up scoring <laughs> 40 points a game. Like this happened with LeBron when he went to Miami, they started eight and seven. We started eight and seven. This is the same stuff we would have saw last year. If, if Gordon doesn't go down two minutes into the season last year, then this is the exact same Celtics team we see at this time last year. It's just chemistry. I mean, this Golden State lost their first game when they got Kevin Durant. I mean, it happens all the time. I'm just touching on the Haywood and Jalen, on the, like, which one goes to the bench. It is a case of you've got one guy with confidence issues and one guy with fitness issues. So you want to bring the guy with the fitness issues coming off the bench and not affect Jalen's confidence anymore because the guy's already having a hard enough time as it is, mate. I think we're underrating Gordon, his, the mental part with him. I, he's having trouble. I, from what I've observed, he appears to be having a little – he's passive. He's, he's fearful, dude. Know, he's he scared. Just he just doesn't have that – again, it's November, so I'm not going to overreact. But the thing with Gordon? not the Gordon we saw in Utah. No, I mean, and that's oh. to be expected, but – I don't know. He just doesn't. I think there's a little mental there with him as well. He's not. I mean, I'm scared. Did you see that foul in Charlotte? I almost had a goddamn heart attack. <laughs> I literally jumped out of my seat. Everyone looked at me like, what is wrong? So I was watching on my laptop. I was like, Gordon almost died again. <laughs> I know, man. I know, man. Think of Gordon, if you're out for, for a season injured, 
you don't expect to come back and be starting straight away like that. Uh, once you're past focus on the rehabilitation, and you then you start focusing on reintegration. So he he never came into this season expecting to be in the starting five straight away, and maybe that's what Stephen A. referred. I, I think he did. I, I don't. I necessarily agree with that. That's but a deal squad, though. If he got hurt in December, then I don't think he would have expected the start. But if he he got hurt like week day one, so day one, he, yeah. I, I think he's he's healthy enough. It's just more of it's not the my leg still bothering me. It's the I haven't played an NBA game in a year. It just takes time. It takes it time. Does. I mean, I I have to look at the numbers, but I assume that when Paul George came back. Oh, it took, like, it took him maybe a full like season. Right out the, yeah, but I'm talking when Paul George first came back from his very similar, like almost the exact injury, you know, it was the first month, you know, a struggle. I'd have to look at the numbers, but. I think it was. I think I remember, I don't think he came off the bench, but he definitely had a minutes restriction. And I think he shot like 40% for the first, like, because he, he only came back for like the last two months of that season. About that next season, so only played two months, I believe. So I think he, he shot pretty bad, but then he came back the next year and put up this twenty-five in yeah. defense. Now, for the record, I think Paul George is a better player for Gordon, and he—I think he was when he got hurt as well. So maybe there'll be oh, yeah. a little less, you know. But you know, I think with, with Gordon, you just got to kind of, you know, Brad obviously will juggle the minutes, and clearly wasn't scared to bench him. So that's why the whole Stephen A. being like. You know, Gordon is his boy, and he's a. They have that's the problem. Yeah, it's a few days that's, too that's late. Kind of bullshit, but he's doing it for the ratings, dude. I, I understand that. You know, you need people to view, so you need a headline. You know, so I, I get why he's saying what he's saying, and it's not like the craziest observation, but I don't know if he fully believes it because obviously Gordon came off the bench, so that's that completely contradicts Stephen A. And while we're on the topic of injuries, did it, I saw someone on Twitter earlier saying that uh, Horford's doubtful for today. I think I saw that, that I think I saw that too. Let me check now, actually. But I think I had seen that as well. Obviously, by the time everybody's listening to this podcast, we're going to know the results of this game. We're well, recording before the game starts, just so everybody's aware. I mean, to, to be honest, Horford out against the Knicks isn't a... Ah, well, he's active. He's starting. Oh, well, because... Guess who's coming off of the bench? Hayward or Brown? Gordon Hayward. Yep. Again. Okay, so clearly Brad is Brad is for for him to do it two straight games. Clearly Brad thinks that something's off with Gordo as well, and is you know obviously when you're nine and eight, you know you don't want to you know you can't lose to the Knicks. So no, you can't lose. These just games you just have to win. So he's not he's not ready to uh, keep rolling them out there, but. Wow. Yeah, Baines is starting. Baines, Horford, Tatum, Brown. Well, also, too, it might be more of a strategic thing because I think Ennis Cantor had 18 rebounds at the half last game. That's so Cantor is kind of underrated. Ennis Cantor, and especially Al and his I don't get rebounds, (laughs) it's kind of a dick. (laughs) Cantor is looking as good. I know, I know, I know. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Baines is, you know, a. Makes sense to start and just kind of whenever, you know, Cantor's in there trying try to match him up with Baines makes total sense. But this is now what? No, this is it's two straight games now. Gordon's come off the bench. Wow. That's, and like uh, I said, I I'm down with that move. I just think that 
for Jalen's sake, it's better to not kill the confidence and put him on the bench. And for Gordon's sake, basically you're forcing him to be the guy, which I think is going to help in the long run. All right, so let's just play. Uh... I love that game. Hey, yeah, sorry. I got um, <laughs> I, have, I have somebody calling my phone, and it's screwing me up, so please edit this out, Adam. Anyways, uh, what I was saying is, well, let's play the game. With Baines, they go on a run, him in the starting lineup. Now you got to, like, make the decision to change that if they end up gelling again. Like, Jesus. Like, this is – Brad really if, is going to earn his money this year. This is, this is tough. If they go on a run with Baines, you keep Gord on the bench. Or you keep Jalen on the bench, wherever it ends up being. Because I'm trying to think of an example of like a star player. I mean, like it's like you can use Gordon Hayward as Mono Ginobili. Mono Ginobili was John Havlicek. I mean, if we want to... Yes, John Havlicek as I well. Mean, it's a long, that, long time ago, but sure. Yeah, I mean, they ran this lineup and they had that super utility dude in the back. You could still bring him in during the fourth quarters when it matters. You I, Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala as well. I mean, you can still put play him whenever you want. Just because you don't start doesn't mean you're the sixth best player on the team. No, it doesn't. But if you're a super, oh, not a super max, I use that term too loosely. Now, max guy, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to be coming off the bench. I agree oh, with that. But if it, yeah, honestly, not, I don't. If it's ending up in wins. If it, if we we go on a run, if we win ten straight games and we use Gordon on the bench and he plays well off the bench, yes, you have a max you have a max contract on the bench. All right, but that a helps when the contract's up and you want to resign him, or you know, or if you want to trade him, <laughs> he's <a> trade <laughs> is going to be shot. Again, I'm not saying trade Gordon. It's way too early, and obviously his stock is pretty low right now. So, But I'm just saying, you know, the Anthony Davis situation that may arise or whomever. I'm just saying down the line, if you ever wanted to trade him, him coming off the bench I mean, certainly doesn't help that. If Gordon didn't have the injury last year, then this is more of an issue. Like I said, it takes time getting back in, even for, even for people that don't play basketball regularly. I was out one whole year than basketball when I played in high school. That next year, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. I could not have a shot to save my life for the first month until I got back in a rhythm before you start getting into that same sure. routine you've been doing. I mean, obviously, I'm not as good as basketball as Gordon Hayward. But, but did you have a fun. fractured leg where your leg was flopping in the wind? I mean, that was a I pretty... actually, I actually tore cartilage in my rib, and my rib was banging against my lung. Oh, right. so... That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's not lucky to yeah, it's not Yeah, I know. That was that's why I they almost did and glad we caught it when we did. But anyway. Whoa. It takes what I got some breaking news. Markel Fultz wants to be traded. Yikes. Um, I just saw that as well. Holy yeah, no. athletic. Yeah, that's pretty big yeah. news. I mean, not to get off topic, but Markel Fultz is clearly the uh Celtics fans will never let that down. That you know, we dodged a major bomb there, but that wow, is- he would be traded. No shit. Yikes. I mean, I'm sure Philly's like, yeah, if we could get even remotely equal value, but 
Is he? You know what? I'll, that's we're gonna have to. I'm gonna change topics a little bit since this breaking news came out. Sorry, yeah. Celtics fans, but you know, no, Celtics down. fans hate the Sixers. So let's talk about this. Is he yes. the Jimmy Butler? Is that ridiculous to say? I don't know. I mean, there were reports that I guess I don't know if I think I don't know if it was you that t- put it in the group chat, but someone put it in the group chat that there was a report that he had a motorcycle accident like two years ago. Yes, I saw Ever that. Since yeah. That people like around him is like he, he kind of feels off. You know, like he like mentally he seems a little off. Not saying he's like handicapped. Ah. Yeah, they're saying shoulder injuries. I'm wondering if there's some type of brain neurological thing. Because the whole, everyone's like, oh, he's just putting his shoe back on. I'm like, dude, I've put my shoe on my whole life. What the hell was that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I love Markel Fultz. I, I am still on the I think he's going to be good bandwagon. I thought he was easily the best player in the draft two years ago after I saw him in Washington and what he did in there. I don't know what happened. He hurt the yeah. injury. And then I was uh, I was either uh, Tatum or Fox. Though I did, I actually thought Lonzo was, and I still think Lonzo will be good. But I just, I mean, that's off topic. But yeah, man, what when you watch the highlights from college, that's not the guy that's played one second for Philadelphia. So you kind of feel bad for the Sixers, even though fuck them. But you kind of yeah. feel bad, like Jesus, like we knew. Obviously, Danny knew what he was doing when he made the trade, but he didn't know it was like this. Nobody. Oh yeah, I think I think people just. I think Danny just thought for my team and personally, I like Tatum more. I think he still thought Fultz was going to be a star. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, he was the consensus number one pick going into everything the entire season for a reason. I mean, I. It took a while for me to actually watch a game because there was Washington and they stuck. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole game. I just saw highlights. I watched the first game I watched and take a step back against Arizona. It was one of the most NBA moves I've ever seen a college player do. At like 30 seconds into the game, I fell in love with them. And then I was watching highlights, watching all these games, watching those lowlights. I like to do that as well. I don't like to just watch highlights. I like to watch the whole thing. Sure. No, that makes sense. I, I know. But he, the mistakes he made, it was like, well, he's just 18. And a lot of the same mistakes he's making are the same mistakes Lonzo's making and Tatum's making and all these players. And just the offensive potential, the defensive potential. He, was, he, was, he looked like James Harden, who could play at least plus defense. Like, that's how high I was on this kid. And to yeah, see this. I, mean, I heard a lot of D. Wade comparisons because D. Wade didn't yeah. have much of it. Like, you know, Harden, I, you know, is is a better shooter, but yeah, and obviously, even coming out of college, people liked Harden, but nobody knew he was gonna be like sure. I think he's a surefire Hall of Fame or top five two guard I've ever seen in my life. So but how long I'm, do you think? I'm, I'm a big the, uh, How long do you think until we get the report that the Suns are talking about a trade package for Fultz? <laughs> Jackson for Fultz basically swapped their draft picks. Yeah, <laughs> It would, it would make sense salary wise. They, they need it a point work. guard as well. They, they they want a point guard. I mean, they want a they good want one. Terry. So they, I think they're holding out for Terry. I don't blame him. I mean, I think Terry's a good fit there. Yeah. If not, the uh, not they can always just what they should be doing is just keep tanking, just keep drafting studs. They, they've done a good job on it. That was a world class segue, by the way, Derek. Man, moving on to the Terry, so you can mention yeah. the fleet. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, Terry. Uh, has been in the news recently around here for his tweet 
basically saying, you know, you know, why don't you do us all a favor? The end. So, <laughs> I, so, you know, what he's alluding to, to me, I interpret it as do us all a favor, trade me to somewhere where I can play, and then you guys can get some chips, you know, for, you know, to move moving forward, you know, for the Celtics since he's going to be a free agent after the year. That's how I interpret it. He's saying, you know, and then he, you know, obviously tweeted later that, oh, you know, we all talk too much. And like, all right, dude, you're a famous athlete in a big time sports city. And then you tweeted that, like, come on, dude, you knew what you were doing. So don't yeah. go blaming everybody. But, you know, as I said, man, uh, I mean, I, I know Phoenix is in on him, but it seems to me Danny loves him. I mean, so I, I couldn't tell you if. If they trade Terry tomorrow, if they held on to him and just lost it, lost him in free agency as their Kyrie insurance, you know, Terry, someone. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. It depends if they want to stay under the tax. Sorry, I should have added context. Yeah, no, I I, I get that part, and that's why everyone was assuming either Terry or Morris are, are not. Morris has played the better of the two. I mean, they might be happy to to pay the tax if they think they can win it all, which I think they they do think that. So. You know, I, I, again, it's very interesting what, what they may end up doing here. I mean, if they can parlay Terry into a first-round pick and then, a, you know, a big guy off the bench, do you do it? I don't know. Um, I personally think that Terry – personally, I thought both of those guys are going to be out, Morris and Rozier, after this year. I mean, Morris has played his way where I'm comfortable giving him a nice $7 million contract, depending on what cap we have. I think um, I want more than that, but I could be wrong. You never know. I, 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 think, I think Terry's gone. Either way, I don't think we resign Terry just because he's going to get paid by – he's going to get paid $12 million somewhere. And At least. I don't think, At least. We can't, we can't pay that. We're paying that to Marcus. We made our decision when we signed Marcus Smart. Um, so then you ask yourself, is, it, is what we're going to get in the playoffs this season worth losing him for nothing, or do we cash in for assets? I'm on the at the moment. I think it's more the Kyrie insurance part because if Kyrie goes down, you know Terry yeah, has got, shown Terry. that he can step in and be ser- more than serviceable, be good. Not Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie's been an MVP type player. I mean, he's just man. He's yeah. he's been amazing. I can't say enough about you know Kyrie coming back from that knee injury and just like nothing. You know, like nothing. You didn't miss any time. He's just he's amazing. Yeah. But to Adam's point, it keep you cash in now. I was adamant before the season started. Before the season started, I got on this uh, this debate. I won't say argument. I say debate on Twitter with some guy who was saying trade Terry now. You're not going to keep him. Get more thing, more assets. If you look at Celtics have assets out the ass. I mean, they're called assets for a reason. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> So many we have we can have the potential to get four first round picks this year if everything plays out. That's insane. I mean, we have already we have at a point it's going to become too much assets because if we if this pick conveys for the if the, this pick conveys for the Kings if the Kings just go on a slide which I think they will and we get a top five player whether it be Zion or whether it be Cam Reddish that's going to be another player who's potentially worth that max money when it comes to pay them. We'll already be giving Kyrie, hopefully, this max. 
Al will be done by then, but Jason Tatum and Jalen will be up for new contracts by that time. So that's four potential five if you're talking Gordon, like big, big money contracts, as well as if Grizzlies keep the pace they're on right now. And next year, with a good draft class next year, if we get a good pick, then that's a lot more money. And yes, these are all good players, but at the end of the day, you have to look at the future. And sometimes too much of the future can come as a detriment. Because if you have all these players, then basically you had two good years of these players and they're giving away star players from borderline free. If you can't... Yeah, you're a production line. You just become a production line for every other team. Yeah, basically. And it's cool for those first two seasons, but you there's not enough money in the world. It's not baseball where you can pay whoever you want. Um, with that being said, I think I, depending on what team, I don't if we if Terry goes to Phoenix, if we trade Terry to Phoenix, I don't think we get a first round pick for him because Josh Jackson. Derek, I want Josh Jackson. Right, Josh Jackson. Straight up, I would literally, I'm, I would do. I think Josh Jackson is being underutilized there. I think coming into the draft, I know he didn't like quote unquote work out for Boston, but whatever, he'll get over it when he gets traded in. He refused to work out with Boston, yeah. That's the rumor he refused, like because he probably knew they were taking Tatum. He's like, I'm not going to Boston and flying Just all the way there when I'm taking me. Yeah. Anyway, I think what Terry does, as you said, their insurance for Kyrie and what he can do in the playoffs, if you know, then Celtics are going to figure this out. I don't think they're going to stay this way and be a 500 team the rest of the year. No, I mean it but doesn't happen. I had him pegged for 60 plus, and that's definitely in jeopardy. <laughs> I thought they they were going to push 60 as well, and that is also in jeopardy. So that's both of us who want this team. To yeah, I think a lot of people are thinking 60 plus wins, one seed, and and they, they we still, still may get the podcasts one seed. I mean, with all of us saying 60 to 65 wins. I know, I know. Podcasts. No, I'm sure, dude. That's that's most people that cover the Celtics and NBA in the NBA thought 60 wins was you know conservative, and 65 was like a reach. So yeah, it's right how the team played played last season. I mean, there wasn't a stretch of the year where I was like, "Shit, we." Suck. And if it was, it was probably in March when everyone was gone, done, and we still won games. So it wasn't last season was great, and now this season everyone's like, "Oh, we'll, we'll just throw some extra icing on top." Everyone likes ice, but that's yeah, when right. we got the tummy ache. Too much yeah. icing. Yeah, it was just the expectations were really high, and to come out with a slow start. You know, it wasn't, again, you're losing Charlotte, which I know it was on the road, all that, but. You got Kemba went off. Yeah, Kemba. But, you know, you got to be able to absorb one player going off. I mean, it's not like. Um, Al actually made a comment on that, saying that the ex- these expectations, even for, like, the young guys, if they know the expectations and what, what they've set and what everyone else has set for them. So he was basically like, yeah, well, when you don't meet those expectations, sometimes your head goes down a little bit and it just rolls from there. Which I believe is a Jalen and a Jason. You know, two players who were expected to be key contributors and really haven't looked great this year, even though Jason is still everyone's closer. I think Tatum is... Tatum kind of gets a little bit of a pass for me because he has been still getting buckets, and that's what you want now. Hasn't been as efficient as we'd like, and he's I mean, I've the, seen him the, make the, the two. <laughs> I've, yeah, this last this last two weeks, I've seen him make more rookie plays yeah. than I have all last year, and just mentally, he's 
not mentally, but like just fundamentally, he's regressed a little bit. I mean, he's still Jason Tatum. You still you still have to guard him. I mean, Jalen's obviously a lot worse than Jason this year. Um, Wayne put up a good point about Jalen the other day on, uh, but last week on last week's podcast, saying it's a positional problem for Jalen playing at the two. He's he's not fast enough to get past the two guard. They're, they're cutting the lane off for him more. I mean, watching the watching the game. Well, the last a couple of games since then, he might have a point. He he is struggling. That he his explosiveness to get round a, a three or a four isn't working around a, a, a shooting guard. It's just it's not his position. Well, that's what he's played last year. Outside of you know when Marcus was closing and Aaron was on the bench. When Marcus was closing, it was you know usually Terry, Marcus, and Jalen and Jason and um. You know, fill in Horford, Morris, you know, so... Yeah, but Jaden would be uh, more at the three or the four, right? Because it used to be... Uh, I don't yeah. know, I mean... I mean Jaden coming I, out of the draft was labeled a three. Last so, year and this year, he's labeled more of a two. Because of Gordon, because of Jason, playing the three or the four. So, saying he's not explosive enough, I don't know. He might not have the same handles that most twos have. It's def- I will say I'm, that. Yeah, and yeah, I uh, he's definitely that. explosive and speed. And I just don't know if he has the handles. And I know he's worked on that to death, and he'll keep working on it because that's just who he is. But I mean, yeah, boy, explosive. That, I don't mean athleticism. Like the guy can dunk and lock down players yeah, all mean, day like, long. But that, like, you know, yeah, that first step, that first step to take you off that dribble. So I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I'd have to sit down and actually watch some film. To see him against the Oladipos or, you know, I'd have to, you know. That podcast comes straight after, um, I think it was after that game. I'm not too sure who we played. Yeah, after well, we Oladipo the can make a lot of people look slow. I mean, Oladipo well, yeah. is unreal. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch a few a games good, back. I think that's a decent comparison for, for Jalen, Oladipo. Oladipo get, was yeah, not Oladipo. good at 21. I mean, he was good, obviously, but he wasn't like, wasn't an all-star. You know, and Jalen was a he didn't he didn't deserve to make the All Star team last year. But if there was twenty people from the East, he probably would have made it. So, you know, I I think you got to be also again as as Cody alluded to earlier, just growing pains. Again, I think yeah. Oladipo is just the ultimate. If if Orlando or Oklahoma, well, Oklahoma City got Paul George, so that's kind of tough. But if other, you know, if Orlando was was patient. They would have a stud at guard, and instead they they let Peyton go, they let Oladipo go, and these guys are once they actually develop and are in their mid to upper twenties are 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 very good to you know all stars like Oladipo. I think for at least Oladipo and like stuff like players like that, it's more of a coaching thing than a development thing. Obviously, development plays a factor, and like you don't just come out in the NBA and you have a. You don't come into the NBA where you are and then coaches decide how you play. Obviously, there's a growth. With Oladipo, there was a lot of – they brought him off the bench a couple, like for like half a year, one year, when he was clearly their best player. And the thing that uh, – the thing that uh, the Pacers are doing – basically, Oladipo has the ball in his hands 12 seconds out of a 24-second shot clock. He has the ball in his hands the most out of anybody on that team, easily. In Orlando, you had Alfred Payton, and you couldn't use Alfred Payton off ball because he can't shoot. 
in Oklahoma City, I'll just let your imagination take you to the answer there. Yeah, right. I mean, Russell Westbrook had the ball. <laughs> no, I know. He's a ball dominant, you know, one of yeah. the ball dominant players in the league. And I think with Jalen, I think the fact that he doesn't have that handle, that's just, like, because I feel for Jalen so much because it's almost like me and him, I relate with Jalen. I know what exactly what he's going through and no one else does. And I feel like me and Jalen are now best friends because of that. And like, <laughs> sure. I, kn- I know exactly what his problem is. I, at least I think I do. It's just that he thinks he needs to do something with the ball because last year, every time he touches the ball, he has to score. He has to make a play because last year he was asked to do that. This year, he's not. And it's just, it's like I said, it's just growing pains. Once everyone figures out their role, accepts their role, and goes back from, well, if I don't score, we don't win, to it doesn't matter what I do, we're going to win. That's from this team. Which do you think that mentality has been part of the problem? What mentality? No matter what I do, we're going to win. Well, I mean, it Maybe seems early. like that they... No, I know what you're saying, that they're kind of showing up to the gym and where last year they came in as, you know, kind of underdogs as soon as Gordon went down and then especially when Kyrie went down. So, you know, the the effort was always 110%, whereas now they've got like an all-star team. So, you know, are they just showing up and some of them maybe thinking they'll get by just on, you know, with the Celtics now? I, I don't... Yeah, if you wake I've, up I've heard this reference on sports shit. radio. I, I don't know if I... It's kind of early, but it, there may be some truth to that, that they're not I mean, that underdog scrappy team. There are two teams and there are two teams that relate to the Celtics in that regard, which they could go either way. It, they could either be the Warriors, where the Warriors don't have to play a single game and they'll make it a championship game. But they still compete. I mean, Draymond, Clay, Steph, Katie, they compete every night and it doesn't matter who they're playing, they're playing. And even every once in a while, the Warriors get blown out by some shitty team. Like, it happens. But they play every night, and they don't care that they're the favorites. They play. Or well, they learned from the 73-9 and season, too, that, like, exactly. going balls out in the regular season doesn't mean shit. Right. But anyway, that's where that mindset, that's where the Celtics can go, where it doesn't matter who we are. We still have to play these games, and we still have to win these games. Or they could be the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Last year, they were the underdog, and they went all the way to the Super Bowl, unfortunately, and beat some teams that I was watching. This sure. year, they suck. They suck this year. They basically got better, but they got worse at the same time. And that's basically what the Celtics are doing right now. But the, well, the Celtics Philadelphia's defense, their whole secondary got hurt. Like they're, they're, I just read that. Yeah. Like They have top four corners. Now we're talking football. Top four corners are out this week. Back to basketball, sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's sort of the same mindset where you were that underdog all the way up through, and then all of a sudden, boom. And even the Warriors, when they first won that title run, they had multiple years where they went to the playoffs and got robbed in the first, second round. But when they went and Curry had his first MVP season, they were the underdogs. They were that team that wanted to get over the hump. And then once they got the number one seed, people were like, oh, shit, here they come. And when they beat LeBron, I mean, the injury for the Cavaliers, yeah, exactly. whatever. LeBron and his Della Dova. Like, that was, hey, yeah, that was insane. 
But anyway, that I think that's where those are two teams that have the same same thing could have happened, and they went one way or the other. You know, after they won the the championship, the Warriors got better. They got seventy three and nine better. After the Eagles won a championship, they're in the like last place in the worst division in football. Second to last, because yeah, the Giants. I, th- I think they are. No, they're not in last. The Giants are in last, but it's yeah, Giants. But anyway, it's that it's that same mindset and both and two drastically different outcomes on how you can do this. And the Celtics need to stay with their basketball counterpart rather than those bums who wear green. So, <laughs> I mean, the NBA is a lot longer season, and the best of seven in the playoffs kind of usually is an equalizer. Where in the NFL, any team can win on any given Sunday. In the NBA. Yeah, you can maybe steal one or two games. You're not going to steal four out of a best of seven for the most part against the superior team. So that's, I think, a major difference, too. So, guys, it's coming. We, might, we should wrap it up. I mean, the game's going to start shortly, right? Absolutely. Celtics yeah. starting soon. So if they don't handle business against the Knicks, then we can have a panic um, Celtics Pulse podcast because 9-9 nine and nine and losing at home to the Knicks would be unacceptable, but I don't see that happening. Awesome. So, guys, you'll you'll catch us again on um, Monday now. It's going to be twice a week, every Monday and every Friday. There'll be a Celtics Pulse podcast. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, on the Pulse Podcast Network website. And don't forget, 15% off until the end of today on any Celtics jersey from Hoops, Hoops Jersey Village using the code PULSE. Please make sure to review, rate this on uh, iTunes as it helps us loads. And we'll catch you next time. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.